Hey, Brian. Yeah, Scott? Guess what time it is. Hmm. 5.30? Actually, it's 6.30. And that means it's time for a Podkashi Miacast supplemental. Oh! It's a bonus episode. So yeah, we've done uh, we've done our first ten episodes. We got our top ten. Out of- I just had to ruin that for you. No, I don't know why. That's all right. That's been that's sort of your whole mo in this. So. It's true. It's true. Um, no, so yeah, we've got uh, we've got first uh, ten episodes out of the way we have our top 10 takashi mm. cast movies of all time mm, motherfucking top 10 yep yep damn it <laughs> feels it feels like we've come so far we have we've come a long way we've, we've grown come, um yeah a little, little bit <laughs> grown a little bit not very much at all um but i thought this would be a good time for us to uh you know do um, a short episode or two on some of Miike's non-movie work, because I think our goal is not only to just watch uh, the films he's directed and, and rank those, but to, uh, I think we set up top that we're here to, to watch everything he's directed. Yeah, everything. Um, All of it. And that includes some uh, some television as well. And hopefully, like, home movies. I would love to see that. Yeah. <laughs> um so we are, uh, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to discuss the two episodes of Ultraman Max that, uh, Takashi Miike directed in 2005. This is a, uh, you know, a continuation of the classic Ultraman series that's been around forever. I'm, and I'm not, I've not been really too familiar with Ultraman. I, I'm generally aware of the character. Yeah. And, same uh, here, same here. Yeah. Uh, in any case, yeah, there is a show that came out in 2005. It had a, several different directors on it. And for whatever reason, uh, Takashi Miike directed two episodes of the show, kind of like smack in the middle of the series. He directed episodes 15 and 16. I don't know if this is like their version of like event television. Yeah. Like I, I imagine that the commercials leading up to these episodes uh, were directed by uh, famous director Takashi Miike. But also maybe not because this is clearly like a kid's show. So yeah. I don't know like how much he appeals to the the kids and I don't know. It's weird. It is is very, very weird. That's kind of what that's why we love Miike, though. And I love mm. the fact that he was just like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to do a couple episodes of this fucking TV show. Why not? Sure, sure. Uh, so yeah, let's get into it. Or uh, This week we're going to discuss uh, the first episode he directed, um, number 15, and then next week we'll uh, we'll discuss the second one. So, um, I am going to, since we're kind of jumping into the middle of the series and we don't have any background information on any of these characters yeah, totally or, or what's going on in the series, um, I'm just going to read... Uh, a brief synopsis of the series that Ooh. I found on Sci-Fi Japan. Ooh. And, um... Do it in your sexiest voice, Scott Martin. I'm going to do it in more of, like, a, uh, like, anime, uh, announcer. <laughs> so... The world is at peace, and people are enjoying a quiet and serene existence until monsters begin attacking. The UDF, United Defense Force, dispatches Team Dash... Defense Action Squad heroes from Base Titan in Tokyo Bay 
to confront the rampaging beasts. Dash member Mizuki Koshikawa's jet, Dash Bird 1, crashes after it is downed by the monster Ragorath. Kaito Toma, who is a civil service volunteer but aspires to be a member of Dash, pulls her from the jet and takes the controls going after the monster himself. He loses control of the jet while in battle and is saved by a mysterious giant. Given the Max spark, Kaito is able to change into Ultraman Max to challenge the monsters and aliens that threaten the Earth. Man, if that doesn't get your blood pumping. That was fucking brilliant, Scott. Man. I gotta say. Um, when this show never gets localized, they should hire me. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that's... The intro to the series, we've got uh, Kaito, who has the power to transform into Ultraman Max, which is a, a giant superhero that punches monsters in the face. Yeah. Basically. Um, I think most people know who Ultraman is. Yeah. But this is Ultraman Max, so... Like, Ultraman yeah, Max! Yeah, that needs to, we need to make that clear. This isn't just your, your grandpappy's Ultraman. He's like the Ultra Ultraman. He's like, yeah, it's Ultra Ultraman. He's like the maximum version the maximum of maximum overdrive. What? <laughs> okay, so episode 15, this is the first one that Takashi Miike directed. It's called Miracle of the Third Planet. This... this is like a fancy way of seeing Earth. I learned that from Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it starts off in a hospital, right? Yeah, so we get this little uh, uh, prologue. Of, in the episode of this young girl that's going into surgery in the hospital and, uh, it's eye surgery and it's, it's, it's mentioned that, uh, and she is fucking adorable. This kid is, <laughs> she is so goddamn adorable. She will melt your heart. I feel like it's a rule that all Japanese children and all black children are just adorable. <laughs> all right. <laughs> just immediately. <laughs> As the uh, the one white guy on this podcast, I'm not going to disagree with that sentiment. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, it's a, she's a cute kid, and she's going into this surgery, and it's all it's all very dramatic and shot in uh, like a dramatic way. Like I, I, we should say, like this is like this whole series seems to be geared towards a very young audience yep. and all the drama is very overwrought and, <laughs> and heightened and everyone's like everyone's doing that just like sort of heightened acting all the time yeah. Um, so yeah it's uh, it's interesting to see Miyake direct something of this style because it's very unlike anything else I've seen him do true true um, but also, it suits his sensibilities, though. You know? Sure, in, in a way, I guess it does, yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, <laughs> uh, this, this girl's going into sur eye surgery, and then we get these quick cuts of the doctor explaining that the surgery didn't work, like, it, it was too late, and they couldn't save her eyes. And, um, so, uh, not, not knowing who any of these characters are, um, Team Dash, which is sort of Ultraman's, uh, squadron of uh, scientists and pilots that help him fight the monsters um and these guys are really bad at their job <laughs> these guys are really fucking bad at their job yeah going just off this one episode <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll get to that but yeah so so one of the women on this team um is either related to this young girl or is just friends with her uh for some reason in the way that adults are just friends with kids on shows like this yeah, um, and so, it's like not creepy at yeah, all. No, no. 
So, yeah, she explains in sort of this voiceover that um, the little girl wanted to be an artist. And uh, and this woman is like, oh, she'll never be able to draw again because she can't see. But the, the girl tells her that, well, I couldn't decide between uh, art and music. So I guess uh, this helps me make up my mind. I'll just play piccolo. And, <laughs> yeah. Because that's logical. Sure. I mean, th- th- that was her that was her backup, and now uh, she's going to master the piccolo, which, you know, all right. She does it a pretty, like, fast amount of time. <laughs> sure. Well, I think she already, she I already, think she already was studying it oh, and okay. just wasn't sure what. As, like, a, a five-year-old, six-year-old girl didn't know what her, her major was going to be yet. And so now, <laughs> now, she, now she's got the whole rest of her life plotted out. Yeah, so that's sort of how this uh, this episode begins with this drama about this little uh, blind girl. And then we cut to the action, and we've got Team Dash studying this weird... It looks like a gigantic mushroom. Yeah, it looks like a giant mushroom or like a deflating marshmallow kind of. It's yeah. this giant white blob in the middle of town. The first thing he does is just pokes it with a stick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we get this shot of um, of Kaito, um, the guy who, who's able to transform into into Ultraman, just poking this thing with the stick to test it because these guys are super scientists. Oh man! Uh, yeah, the scientific method is only one step: poke it with the stick. stick, and then uh, the the team at the base that's studying it, I guess like one of the girls is an Android and she's reading uh, the, the stats that they're, they're reading off of this thing. And she says, it doesn't have, it seem to have any pulse or life signs. Uh, it's just an object. It's just this, this giant white mass that's just sitting there in the middle of nowhere. That it's came a thing. Out. Yeah. It's, it's a, just thing. a thing. It's just this thing. So being that it's just a thing sitting there, what do they decide to do? They fucking blow they, the shit out. They of decide it. to napalm it. Oh my god! From the sky, and things go south quickly. Immediately. Yeah. So they <laughs> the they they fly over in their super jets and drop fire on this uh, on this mushroom, and uh, and then they extinguish it. And when the smoke clears, there's this weird spiny beetle sitting there um yeah that sounds about right yeah it's like a weird looking kind of like rock monster that it's clearly a guy in a suit laying on his back on his back and his his legs are the the front forearms of this creature so and his junk is its head so yeah it's (laughs) um it's a very cheesy costume at this point of like this weird little thing crawling around but it starts shooting fire at them and so to defend themselves from this this new monster the jets fly over again and this time uh launch missiles at it and it bears mentioning that the like this is all done with the shoddiest of cgi so like this is a very low budget TV show, and they clearly spent all the money on uh, costumes and Takashi Miike. <laughs> and this came out in two thousand four. It's the, the the CGI is bad by two thousand four standards. It's uh, just it's like bad by like eighty nine standards. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't look great. But you know, again, this is a kids show, so we can't knock it too much. Um, but they they launch missiles at this thing, and then. Uh, this uh, weird rock monster 
sprouts these missile launchers. Basically, these tubes start jutting out of it, and it shoots missiles back at these guys. And so, clearly, this thing is just copying what they're doing, but it takes them much longer to figure that out than it yeah, <laughs> than like the audience. Hours. Yeah, hours. Like, yeah. by the time this thing is, like, pretty much destroyed the town. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, at this point, it's it's shooting missiles at them. Um, Kaito finally decides to transform into Ultraman and, and Which, starts battling with the thing. He should have done it in the first place. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, why not? Well, yeah. But as it turns out, Ultraman has a time limit, so you know uh, he's got to he's got to pick uh, his moment. He's got to pick his moment. This is true. So if they can get it done with the jets, get it done with the jets. They had their chance. They fucked it up, and now it's Ultraman Max's time to shine. <laughs> and now, so he he shows up in his giant form and starts punching this dude and like shooting lasers out of his little wristband and whatever he does. Oh, his first move was like an actual karate chop. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He gets up there and just like he like grabs the thing and starts like just punching the crap out of yeah. it. Um, but then, uh, then it, it starts copying his moves. It starts, it's shooting laser beams back at him and matching him blow for blow. And then uh, Ultraman tries this like ultra laser move on it, and then it it transforms again into uh, a much cooler looking monster. It's it's a, a bipedal. Uh, Typical, like, guy in a suit costume, but it's covered in what looks like, uh, like, like, Klingon bat lifts. Yeah, yeah. Bat lifts. It's got, yeah. like, these kind of, like, jagged, like, blades, but that's, like, it's carapace. It's, like, this, like, insectoid, just alien looking thing. But it's, it looks really cool, I it thought. It slices, it dices, it yeah. makes Julian fries. Like, that's, that's where all the special effects money went, was into the costume. Um, so, uh, Ultra Band's, uh, timer starts going off. <laughs> this gem on his chest starts flashing and beeping. <laughs> and his friend on the ground is like, you're running out of time. Get out of there. You have to retreat for now. And so, uh, he, he flies up into the air and, and, and retreats. <laughs> Cut to later that night, I guess, the whole city is destroyed. It flames. <laughs> it's, it's level. It's the fucking apocalypse. The world is on fire. Because of their first response <laughs> to fucking shoot a harmless object. Yeah. Because <laughs> their response to finding a giant marshmallow was to kill it with fire. Um, so, uh, whoops. Uh, oh, it. so this the subplot that's also continuing through this is that um, the the little blind girl, Akko, had her first uh, piccolo recital that day. And <laughs> yeah. that's what, that's what they were on their way to go do, um, when all this went down. So we cut to the ruins of the school that this girl goes to, I guess. And, uh, Akko's sitting under her desk, like clutching her piccolo and crying and just, like bemoaning how horrible her life is and it's the it's the most melodramatic scene where she's like why uh, like i can't see and now i can't even have my music and then she becomes fucking suicidal yeah suicidal this thing this movie this show takes a dark turn now (laughs) it's dark no more music i'm out out this bitch and she jumps out the window 
Yeah, this, and and runs to the fucking monster. This how'd she get there so fast? She gets there she remarkably blind. fast. <laughs> she's got, well, she's got those uh, heightened those senses, daredevil senses. <laughs> Before anyone can stop her, she basically just yeah flees into this city that is completely rubble now, and everyone's looking for her, and no one knows what to do. And and meanwhile, like uh, the super squad is like, hey, I think this thing's copying our moves. <laughs> like so i mean the whole world could get could like join together and, and attack this thing at once but then it would just do that right back and we'd all be doomed so there's nothing we could do and uh fucking idiots <laughs> yeah but as luck would have it the the thing needs to sleep so oh and the the monster is called if if <laughs> yeah that's the monster's name. At the beginning of the episode, there's this sort of Super Smash Brothers like little title card where it's like, "If enters the battle," and uh, <laughs> I forgot all about that. Yeah, that was so great. it goes to sleep. Somehow, this this little blind girl like crawls through the wreckage of this city and finds the monster by herself and just starts talking to it like, "Why do you hate music?" And then, <laughs> again, like, this this kid is just laying it on thick. Oh, she's so cute. She's cute, but she's also kind of annoying. Oh, by this point, absolutely. <laughs> she gets out her piccolo and starts playing it. And, of course, the the monster wakes up, hears her piccolo music, and then its spiny, uh, like, blade arms slowly transform into, like, flugel horns and <laughs> and trumpets. And, and this weird angel-looking thing. Yeah, it it is a weird transformation. So it's, it's not at all surprising that the thing starts copying the music energy she's putting out, because it's clearly just, like, this copycat thing. But, yeah, it transforms into this angelic, golden glowing thing with like it has it has faces on it that look like like busts of yeah of you know like greek a... figures and like angels and it's yeah. weird but it's but then it's got trombones and like one of those ricola commercial giant yes, horns like sticking out of it that. <laughs> and it starts playing along with her at which point um the other members of ultraman's team show up and at first the the woman's like getting ready to like blast the thing again <laughs> but because they're just dumb and but she realizes at the last second that oh maybe i shouldn't open fire on this thing while this little girl's standing here but ultraman turns in back into his giant form puts akko and the other woman into their car and <laughs> And basically lures the monster away from Earth by having Akko continue to play her piccolo music while he lifts their car into space. It's <laughs> it's weird. This is yeah, this is one of the strangest endings I've seen in a very long time. Also, how the fuck are they surviving out there in space? Yeah, so well it is it <laughs> maybe is maybe like, like creating a field around it or something. Maybe or it's also like a like a very futuristic car. Okay. So it's uh, it's a team dash car, and maybe they're just airtight. I don't know. Maybe they're built to go into space. Who knows? Um, but yeah, she they lure this thing away from Earth, 
And then there's this really overwrought sentimental message where the rest of Team Dash is watching it go up into space. And they're all like, oh, it's a beautiful world. It, it copied our weapons, but now it's copying music. And, and maybe one day there won't be a need for Team Dash. And the um, world will be at peace. No, that day is today. Yeah. Because <laughs> none of this shit would have happened exactly. if it wasn't for fucking Team Dash. <laughs> That's what gets me. Like, it's never, it's never mentioned that none of this would have happened if their first response to this unknown thing was just to, to blow the shit out of it. Um, <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, it was a very amusing episode, if not always intentionally so. I don't know if they got any, like, typical Miike-isms out of this one. Nah, this is, like, very yeah. straightforward. He was like, I know what this is. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like a, yeah, very kind of, like, just our director for hire thing. Yeah, by the numbers. Yeah. You could check it out if you want. It's on YouTube. And that's how we found it. It's Ultraman Max. Um, episode 15 is the first one he directed. And um, we don't need to rank this one because it doesn't really fit into the, the film oeuvre. Oh, but I would put it at the top of my list. Would you? Mm-hmm. Nah. <laughs> so, um, but let's go ahead and... Yakuza or you snooze of this one. You snooze. You snooze it. Yeah, it's kind of a you snooze it. You can can skip it. Skip it. But I mean, it's, it's a short watch if you want to check it out. Um, I think fans of Ultraman and this style of show might find it interesting, but I don't imagine it's a particularly good example of this type of show. Yeah, the imagery is something that like, you know when you're at a party and you're playing music, this is something you just put on in the background? Sure, sure. Like, while it's silent, just because it's, like, funny to look at. But that's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it for this one. Yeah. Yeah. See you next week for the second Miike Ultraman Max episode entitled, Who Am I? If you'd like to contact us at the Podcasting Media Cast, you can email us at podcastingmediacast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at podcastingmediacast or like our Facebook page. If you enjoy the show, we'd love it if you gave us a rating on iTunes. That'd be a big help and help us get some more listeners. And we really appreciate the feedback. As always, thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll see you next week. I have a question, though. Yeah, what's up? Um, so this thing basically just copies whatever they do to it. Mm-hmm. How come when when Kaito poked it with the stick? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, I, how great would it have been? What if Kaito's there, uh, like sitting there poking it with the stick, and then it pokes him back and. And that sets him off. He's like, it poked me. And that's, and that's why he decides to set it on fire. <laughs>